Hello, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 4 of Defining Talent, a podcast. I'm your host, Laura Dickinson-Turner, and every episode I sit down with someone new and ask them the question, how do you define talent? For a creative person and a word nerd like me, the appeal of this question is that no two answers are exactly the same. Every time someone answers it, I learn a little bit more about them and a little bit more about this deceptively simple six-letter word. For today's episode, I'm talking talent with Rico Garcia, whom I work with at the College of Arts and Letters at Cal State LA, where Rico is the audio engineer and audio systems technician for the Department of Music. Rico is also a father, a super talented musician, a deep thinker, and I was thrilled when he agreed to be a guest on the podcast. So without further ado, here's Defining Talent with Rico Garcia. Are we started? Yeah, it's, everything's already started. Everything's started already? Everything, where, everything everywhere, all at once. Where are the cameras? Uh, wait, <laughs> where should I look? cameras? <laughs> <laughs> this one over here? Uh, no. Rico. Yeah. Rico Garcia. I don't know Rico's job title. Oh, I wow. I your job title. At Cal State LA? Yeah. Oh, gosh. But contextually. Contextually. I, it's good to t- say, like, who a human is. This is a name of a human. So my my identity is my job? No. No. God, no. <laughs> I'm a functionary of the uh, the environment. No. No. I mean, uh, do you feel like that? Sometimes. Well, sure. Well, we are whatever room we're in sometimes. Yeah. Um, but also, I sometimes don't know what to say to students when they're, I'm like, oh, that's oh, yeah. Rico's office. Okay, I'm so. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we know each other from work. We both yeah. work at Calcille. I am uh um, I'm an audio engineer. I'm audio a sound engineer, engineer okay. here. For arts um, and letters or for just music? For Just for music right now. Okay. Um, it used to be where I used to work for all of arts and letters, but that's changed because, you know, they move people around sometimes. Yeah. Like, But, but you're not just that. No, no. No, but we you're are a million other, things. We all are. Yeah. Right. But um, But that is the only way we, like, that's how we Yeah. Do. Well, genuine, genuine, genuinely, sorry. You're We're fine. speaking this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, I got self-conscious of the podcast all of a sudden. I could edit that out. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have to have a level of self-acceptance. Uh, it's all good. We yeah. have this thing that we that we uh, talk about um, in my family. It's called Spanish accent attack. Mm. So, you know, sometimes you're speaking English. You have the Spanish accent attack, attack that's just like... <laughs> Here it is, and it's just like completely out of. Yeah. But it's not. It's hard to describe um, because I, you think in Spanish a lot yeah. of times, or you have this word in Spanish, and you have this, and it comes out. Yeah. In English, when you mean right. the Spanish for, anyways, whatever. Yeah, totally. Um, but I get I'm, a, that. I'm a sound engineer. Um, geez, I've been working here at Cal State LA for like 12 years almost. Yeah. Time went by all of a sudden with the pandemic. Uh, yeah. After that, just. You know, things happen quickly. And so here we are, 12 years later. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect to be here this long, <laughs> honestly. For sure. You know, um, but here we are. And um, so what does that mean? Well, um, in the practical sense, I uh, it's a technical field, largely. Yeah. Um, and I basically set up all the sound requirements for the music department's uh, Performances, mm-hmm. whether they be microphones, recordings, um, interfacing with cameras, mm-hmm. or taking audio from video, and that sort of thing, whatever they need. Yeah. For their um, ensemble, large ensemble performances, yeah. student recitals, 
culminating projects, all that fun stuff. Yeah. And, I used and that's to, all live mixing, right? Live mixing, yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Live mixing. Um, so that's what it is. And um, yeah. Cool. But you're also a dad. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a, a pet parent. Yeah. And a musician. Yeah. And uh, a politically minded person. Yeah, and I would say so. A community-minded person. Yes. In the communities that you're yeah. in, I know this about you somewhat directly and also indirectly by observation. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And those are all awesome things. Yes, it's all our multifaceted and uh, identities, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, let me just talk a little bit about that, I guess. Um, gosh. So. <laughs> I started doing music. Uh, I've been playing guitar for like 33 years. Awesome. 30 almost. So since you were two. Since I was like 15. So okay. do the math. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> do the math there. And um, so 15, that's, that puts me in the 90s. Yeah. So that was a really great time to be involved in music in Los Angeles. Yeah. And um, I didn't just play guitar. I was in small local bands mm-hmm. and we played all over Los Angeles and Hollywood. Awesome. And, um, yeah, I spent my formative years doing all that fun stuff, running around the city and getting into lots of trouble. <laughs> and uh, As you should. As we should. Yeah. And so um, I eventually uh, went to school for it, and yeah. um, I went to Pasadena City College first, and mm-hmm. I spent a few years there just doing music, hanging out, and getting into trouble. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough to study with uh, really good jazz faculty there, uh, but most notably uh, Bobby Bradford, who is mm-hmm. a, a trumpet player and cornetist and composer who is really well known in the avant-garde jazz music scene. Yeah. He was Ornette Coleman's first trumpet player in the 50s. Dang, okay. So he was there at Central Avenue and he knew Horace Tapscott and all these old jazz people who came up after the Bop era um, doing free jazz. and. Um, trying to get to a different ideation or notion of what of how to communicate through jazz improvisation not just harmonic yeah. based but yeah. melodically based and um through direct interaction and communication to music and yeah that sort of thing um but his instruction was also very like um these are the basics of the repertoire you mm-hmm. got to learn this stuff you got to yeah. learn all these standards and yeah. whatnot um which i have found also always very challenging Um, I went to school thinking like, oh, I'm going to learn this music and sort of, um, you know, apply it to what I want to do. Yeah. And, you know, and eventually I got engrossed in the repertoire and feeling like, oh, my gosh, I got to pay homage to all this stuff and learn all this stuff. I eventually went to uh, UCLA and uh, graduated with the Bachelor of Arts in Ethnomusicology and Jazz Studies. Jazz Studies at the time at UCLA was in the ethnomusicology department rather than the music department for some reason. But we got all the same education as a jazz studies yeah. uh, program. It was, you know, read and write music, play the repertoire, write your projects, and perform a culminating project as a music um, degree would. Um, but even there, I was lucky enough to study with a lot of also uh, great jazz uh, people uh, mm-hmm. Kenny Burrell, uh, Anthony Wilson, Gerald Wilson. A lot of top jazz nice. people. I went to school with, jeez, um, um, gosh, so my contemporaries now have gone on to do amazing things. They're Grammy Award winners. Yeah. Kamasi Washington and oh. Jorge Herrera works in the in the, a lot of Mexican music, and he's like a master of yeah. so many things, and his brothers, etc. Um, 
so I know a lot of people. I went to school with these people, with my friends and stuff. I've, um, but uh, my path kind of diverged because, um, well, uh, let's just say I had a very tumultuous uh, period of my life. Sure. I don't want to really share that too no, much about okay. it. It's in okay. this environment, but You're fine. my career sort of got upended and sidetracked in a lot of ways, and yeah. uh, because of, um, I don't know, some trauma that I had uh, experienced, and um, I. Uh, didn't deal with it in the most productive ways and I made every single mistake that a person could mis- make over sure. uh, going through stuff sure and um, so I don't want to blame my you know uh, my, my, you know my trauma for uh, things or why I didn't pursue a certain career but um, also I felt like you know this music this jazz music it's it speaks to me but maybe it's not for me to play mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. This is not for me to to master. Right. This is not for me to pursue any further. Right. I'm going to find something else. Well, I kind of went back to what I spoke to me initially, mm-hmm. which is for me is the is the rock music, the music of the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah. And the sort of uh, I don't know, just the music of that time of your of my youth, really. Right. Did you find that be, that having all that study and because I, I I think of I love jazz and I think of the musicality and the instrumentation that was happening in some of the stuff especially like ska when when some of the ska music was coming in yeah and some of like the horns that were coming into yeah. things and I'm like that must have been a really awesome like to take the education and apply it to what you were already like going like wh- where you came from in the first place to go like to put it back together right. Yes. So what I that's exactly what I was thinking about. When I was at yeah. PCC, I got together with a lot of like-minded individuals in that regard. And mm-hmm. we thought, uh, what if we had a, a large Latin ensemble mm-hmm. that was very Latin-based, yeah. had a lot of Afro-Cuban rhythms mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing, and uh, even Chicano Boogaloo and that kind of stuff, and mixed it with the avant-garde, way-out sounds that we were challenged by, yeah. you know, and like the... Uh, uh, you know, Ornette Coleman or yeah. Pan-African People's Orchestra. Yeah. And we created a group called Orchestra Clandestina. We toured around Los Angeles a lot. We played yeah. all the clubs and everything. And our contemporaries were Ozo Motley and Quetzal and all those guys. We mm-hmm. played with them all over town mm-hmm. at that time. Uh, this is the late 90s, early 2000s. Early 90s is another story. <laughs> that is, That is the, how do I say it? The proto period. <laughs> <laughs> so we took. So the idea was to take that music at that time, the late night, and uh, make something our own. But yeah, you know, um, people move on and things change, and the group eventually disbanded. And sure. uh, we did an album that we all paid for, and then we did a second sort of EP that never really came out. But I have the recordings, um, and so you know, just things change, and it was it was. Uh, you know, taking a dance harmony and um, trying to make something new to mm-hmm. it. But what we found out that oftentimes our audience was not, <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't figure us out. Sure. You know, like, oh, sure. is this is a salsa band? No, because yeah. we're not playing salsa steps. Yeah. And they're just like, how do we dance to it? This is not a salsa band. For sure. All right. This is like, is this a hip? This is not a hip hop band because right. the hip hop band at the time was like, oh, that's, that's the Black Eyed Peas or whatever. Yeah. No, this is not that. So yeah. what are you? There's no singing. Sometimes they're singing. Sometimes sure. they're just playing. Like, what's going on here? Sure. So I think finding the audience is 
the hardest thing. Yeah, especially if you're doing something that isn't that isn't there yet, like doesn't right. exist yet. Right. Or, or or putting doing a fusion of things or like finding the space in between stuff where it hasn't been explored yet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because you're exploring, you don't know what's out there. You right. don't know what's more more precisely what's what's inspiring you. What's what mm-hmm. are you synthesizing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's coming to you, and what do you you know putting you sometimes because we took a lot of ideas and um, but the thing with that is like yeah we were in a room men and women playing and and making music but we wrote stuff down we had charts we yeah. wrote pieces we did this extra th- step yeah you know that because we all came from the music schools right you weren't just jamming we were just jamming like, yeah. oh, it was just like oh there was no. structure there was structure and that's like people ask me like do you want jams like i i i <laughs> I hate that word. Yeah. I like, I don't, what is that? Like, sure. You know? I sure. just, ugh. <laughs> Do people ever say that to you? Cause, yeah. Because, um, well, like, I, I study a thing called viewpoints, which is sort of like the, and I almost think of it as jazz, but for theater and bodies. Yeah. Because um, it takes, like, the structure that we know apart, and, and then you look at the individual pieces and go deep dives into them, and then you start putting it all back together. Um, and so you, you get people saying, like, oh, let's do a viewpoints jam. And that's fine if, if the people coming into the room, like, have done this. Like, I've, what I, the question that's underneath all of that ramble is, like, if someone that you knew that they had the structure and they had the, the you knew where they were coming from and what sort of their, their foundation was, right. said to you, oh, do you want to jam? Right. Would that mean something different and f- land differently than yeah. just like somebody being like, oh, you're so great. I want to jam with you. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, for sure. 100 percent. 100 percent. So, yeah, you get it. <laughs> I understand that way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, you asked me, I mean, um, geez, so what am I saying? I'm just... I, I haven't actually asked you the starting question yet because this this is oh, yeah. jam. This jam has been good. Um, but so you have you you come from a wealth of talents. What people would look like if someone listens to to someone's gonna listen to that and be like, oh, that person's talented, right? So, right. but then it's like, what is that word? What does that okay. mean? So, Rico <laughs> Garcia. <laughs> yeah. This is your life. No. Yeah. Um, right. How do Price you right. define? <laughs> how do you define talent? Um, you know, I thought about this, and I think for me. Um, Talent is the inception. Mm. Talent is only the germination. Talent is only the only the start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because um, when I thought about it, I said, well, what, what, is, what are all these cliches? What do people say about talent? Yeah. Talent. Yeah. Oh, talent wasted. Mm. You must cultivate talent. Yeah. There's a talent scout. That's more of a marketing thing. But, sure. Um, you know, I thought about it. so it's it's and everybody has talent, mm-hmm. right? These cliches, yeah. right? But thinking about that, it's like oh, so if everybody has talent, mm-hmm. so not everybody has the same kind of talents, right? So I thought about it. It's like, okay, definitely artistic talent. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a predisposition for like somebody who can paint or yeah. I know people who've played music since they're three years old because sure. they're legitimately can do something yeah. at that age. That's talent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they become, they, they develop it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a functional talent, which like people say, oh, I'm really good at repairing machines or sure. I'm good at math or figuring out a tips. Totally. You know? 
um, that kind of stuff, the functional talent. Yeah. And the other one I think is like uh, self-management or self-regulating or maybe a personality kind of mm-hmm. base talent. Mm-hmm. You're highly energetic, yeah. you have a great disposition, you're a hard worker. Yeah. These are like, I think, maybe the three different kinds of talent. Yeah. But none of these mean nothing. Sure. And, it, and that's the other part of the cliche is tons of people have quotes of, you know, talent is nothing without hard work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? But like, that's kind of true. Sure. And so it's like, talent all of a sudden is not the interesting thing right. for me. It's like, okay. So it's for me, it's always been about mastery. Mm-hmm. Like going through putting the time in because mm-hmm. I, I honestly I've never felt particularly gifted as a musician mm-hmm. like gifted no I know drummers who are like three years old who are just started when they're three years old yeah they're amazing musicians mm-hmm. you know they're learning from their babies and they're just yeah. amazing amazing music. maybe they had a better head start on me maybe that's it but um, I worked hard mm-hmm. and um, I put in a lot of time and even when I put in the time, I can tell you there was somebody I could say, that guy's got more talent, that person has more talent than <laughs> I will ever have. And we're not supposed to quantify that thing. We're sure. not supposed to compare ourselves to each other or against each other, but... Um, but we do. But we do. Yeah. And, um, um, you know, there's just some things that um, I accept that I couldn't, uh, like, you know, they just, they had it together. Yeah in a different way and that's okay mm-hmm. um, because uh, I also believe that n- talent aside from that so you put in the hard work so you develop what is also more important to me is your individual voice mm-hmm. your individual yeah. thing that you have right because that is more important right and ultimately that is like what becomes um, significant to me when I see somebody perform and say and honestly that's talent no talent that's the giveaway sure that's the given. <laughs> yeah. Um, do they sound like themselves? Yeah. You know, or do they sound like, oh, Larry Carlton on the guitar? Like, mm-hmm. big deal. Yeah. You know, big deal. Yeah. Right? You can sound like any anybody can learn another guy's way they play music. and right. But do you sound like you? Do you sound like something else? That's what I'm mm-hmm. interested in. Yeah, I think I think that's really uh, in the arts, especially. You can point. It's easier to maybe sometimes to point to that in like that um, that first kind of talent that you mentioned. Because if someone is painting like Gauguin, or someone is playing like Ornette Coleman, or someone is um, writing like Hemingway, right? It's like okay, well then, but what about you? Like, the, the, yeah, sure, this is well written, and sure, this is you know well articulated, and like I'm following your story, and it's an interesting story, but like. So what? Like, yeah. I could read a Hemingway novel if I wanted to read a Hemingway novel, right? right? Or um, I could listen to Diana Krall if I wanted to listen to Diana Krall. Like, yeah. you you sound just like her. Yeah. You know. So I I, I totally get that. It's like that that individual thing that spark that it's like what makes you you because that's the thing that no one else has. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there you go. Podcast over. <laughs> um what like well in terms of in terms of talent because you also mentioned the 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 functional talent you know because i think so often there's such a weight and an importance given to that sort of um, artistic creative talent that like as though that was the only kind but that functional talent is necessary and and i think sometimes under 
undervalued or overlooked by society writ large or like right. the consumer capitalism that we live in, you know? Because it's not, it's not glamorous. Sure. It's like, oh, you're sure. really good at, I don't know, what? <laughs> Taking things apart. Yeah. Um, it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> If only the one kind of talent is the thing that so often societally gets pointed to as talent, right. you know, it, then it's kind of easy to see why some people think that they don't have anything or they're not yeah. talented or they're not valuable or they're not they're not as contributing a member. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, right. don't stop what you're doing. You're, what you're doing is so necessary and so great and honestly inspiring. Right. Right. Like, if I see someone doing a job really well, right. like, dude, there was a, a custodian who was in our building for about four weeks, and I think he was um, here from Long Beach just for, I don't know if he's if he's here permanently or if he was just transferred yeah. for a little while during, because there's been a, such a staff shortage yeah. um, with facilities. Uh-huh. He was sweeping and mopping the floor every day. Right. He was, I was like, I literally, like we have awesome staff here and I know they're right. super overworked. So I imagine like that they they have to do all this stuff in one day. But right. I was like, I've never seen somebody. Yeah, I remember was, him. He was great. He was um, so awesome. And I was like, right. and I told him that and everyone was telling him that. Right. Because you're, you're doing this thing so well. And he also clearly like was doing it. There was a, like, I want to do this this well. For, yeah, so it's that, inspiring. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, the the big uh, functional talent is um, one that's significant for me is like recognizing systems. Mm-hmm. You know, when you can recognize, you look at something, it's like, oh, this is how this works. Yeah, you can like, oh, you can almost read a situation. Yeah, it's a functional talent. For sure. So, but I think sometimes those functional talents also can contribute to the other kinds of talents. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. I yeah. think a lar- large amount of my work here is functional talent. It's like, yeah. Um, yeah, because it's very systematic. It's like, okay, I work with technology and mm-hmm. things work in such some way, and there's like a systems and a pathway and signal flow and all this stuff. Oh. Sorry. No, but you're because you're talking about your functional talent and how it serves you, you in your everyday. Well, work. you know. Um, I got to a point in my life where I um, wasn't making enough money mm-hmm. or um, being able to support my kids making music. Yeah. So I thought, I realized, like, you know, I have all this other experience from that accompanied my music making. Yeah. Uh, if I just um, develop that, those skills, I can become a sound engineer. Mm-hmm. And which was also something I was very highly interested in. Yeah. And um, I did that. I um, I went back to school and I got a certification in audio engineering, and it filled in a lot of holes and yeah. gaps in knowledge that I kind of knew, I kind of didn't. So I guess I'm like a classic uh, late bloomer, you know? It's like, oh, I sure. I didn't realize I could do this, and I'm like doing this now. Yeah. So um, I had my own music studio for a while, and I was producing music and taking clients and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, building a business. And um, the one thing I realized is, like, the part, like, people say, like, oh, you're, you want to do whatever you're passionate about, and sure. you'll be okay. It's like, okay, great. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. So I go, it's like, I'm really passionate about making uh, recordings for people. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I know people, and, like, this is all going to happen. This is going to yeah. be great. I have the, some gear and I'll buy more gear and I'll make a business. But the business is not the recording. It's a separate thing. Mm-hmm. It's the taxes. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the creating a client list. And yeah. the system 
that's probably a talent too, the business talent. Yeah. You have to create systems of business. Yeah. So the system of business is not what I was not good at. <laughs> I, I ignored it and it didn't go well. Yeah. I mean, it went okay, but it didn't go as great as I realized. Years ago when I saw this listing here in the school, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna go. And and so I was taking part-time gigs like as a sound person at, mm-hmm. at clubs or like at um, um, for small uh, theaters and yeah. I did uh, tours with the LA Opera and uh, Center Theater Group as their sound engineer on their cool. small little touring stuff that yeah. they did for uh, their smaller uh, community venues or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had this other resume that I was building and um, I guess I saw the listing here. I was like, you know, I need to make more income. I saw the listing yeah. here and I put my best suit on and I interviewed and I guess I interviewed well because mm-hmm. I got it. I realized like I was kind of like at the point like, you know what, I'll go interview and if, if I get it, great. If not, whatever, who cares? Sure, like, sure. I'm kind of doing this other thing and I have this other pathway I'm pursuing. Yeah. But who knows? And they offered me the job and I was like, oh crap. <laughs> now I have a decision to <laughs> now make. Now I have a decision to make. <laughs> So I took it because it was a steady income, yeah. and that was really helpful for you know, getting kids uh, shoes every six months. Yep. And health insurance is really uh, something you want. Yep. Um, even before that, it's like uh, I had uh, you know separated from their mom years before that, before I got mm-hmm. the job, and um, so we had shared custody. You know, but you know, little kids still need stuff, and I had yeah. to you know, you know, do my part and right. be responsible and fulfill my parental obligations Ugh, that word (laughs) (laughs) but it's accurate but it's interesting because like being that being good at anything it doesn't matter what it is how small or mundane or whatever how big or whatever like being good at anything like you said talent is an inception it's like that's the germination point and you have to work on it and it's like even being a parent you know taking care of other people yeah it's it's like sometimes people had great role models to do it or they didn't right. or you know they didn't and then they're like okay here are all the things I wanted to do and so I'm going to do that instead and it, it's like it doesn't matter like there's all kinds of routes to be being a good anything right, right? and it's like being a good parent takes a talent like it take, like you have to like work at it and you have to keep doing it and like those right. obligations and fulfilling them and wanting to fulfill them or doing them even when you just sometimes don't want to like right. that's yeah that's definitely, yeah, I was going to say caring for children is a talent, yeah. uh, but um, I stopped short of that saying that, but I think that's that's probably true. Um, definitely. <laughs> you can cut that part. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. I don't know, because it was like, I don't know, like, I look at, in some ways I feel like I got raised as much by the teachers that I had growing up um, and the books that I was reading as I did my mom. Because yeah. um, my mom was a single mom in a lot of ways, and like she, um, she and my sister's dad met when I was five, and he was around, but he he wasn't ever really like a dad dad to me, because um, right. he was so much younger than my mom, and like he was just uh, he was a guy that lived in our house, right? Um, but like, and I also was like, I'm gonna be an independent person, right? Very early on, I yeah, remember, yeah. So, but like, I was lucky because I feel like. Not I feel I know that not everyone is lucky to have not only like maybe they don't have like great parental figures at home right. or great like adults right. elsewhere in their lives. Right. Um, and like, you know, I see <laughs> this isn't therapy, Rico, but I do see you with the um, like with the students who are working with you and for you. Right. right. And like you are a good example to them. 
<clears throat> like you don't take a lot of shit, but you don't, don't you don't do so in a way in front of them at least that I see that makes like there because some people don't take shit and they, and they shit on other people while they do that if that makes sense like yes right they 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 go beyond advocating for themselves they actually like put Ugh. roadblocks for themselves when they're when they're trying to advocate for themselves yes. but I see you advocating for yourself in a way that is admirable and is like like you're like this is the job that I came here to do and hey musician person who's asking me all these things like great this is what I'm gonna do for you and here's what we're gonna do right and right. I'm gonna lay it out for you right and for the kids that are working and I say kids and these are sometimes grown adults who are yeah like, they're already degrees, yeah, young right? adults um, but they're you know they're getting to see a person working in 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 the world in this in this part of the industry not just the academic industry but in sound and in like event setup and and right. live engineering right and they're like oh that's a thing i can do and this is a human who's balancing all of these plates doing so with um apparent right apparent ease and and, and grace right right uh-huh <laughs> so know? i'm a firm believer of being poised yeah and uh having a temperament that's like unflappable Mm -hmm. because sometimes when you work in a production environment it's a burning house Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes yes it is you're in a burning house (laughs) and And even the hose is on fire and it's sideways (laughs) (laughs) and you don't know where the window is yeah But you know there should be one there, right? And you you know it's been there before. Anyways, yeah, that's <laughs> no. I mean, you know, um, I've been fortunate enough to um, work, uh, have been mentored by and studied with great people. Yeah, who uh, took everybody under their wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't say like because I've encountered these kind of other other kind who are like, oh, I know stuff. I'm I'm gonna give it away, but. Mm, not to you. Mm, yeah. Not to you. I'm a gatekeep. Yeah, not not you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Him over here, mm-hmm. because he comes from this yeah. or that. Yeah. Yeah. He's he knows so and so. Mm-hmm. Or his dad is so and so. Right. Him over here, but not you. Yeah. I've encountered those people. Yep. That, I mean, there's no thousand percent, hundred percent. Yeah. And my my skin still crawls with oh, yeah. being like having the straight arm put in front of me it's like no I'm not going to tell you how to do yeah. this other thing that we do yeah. but I've been I, I've gotten that answer and I said okay well I'm not going to work with this person clearly they're not going to yeah. they'll maybe take my money or you know whatever right. or use me for whatever they can use but they're not going to tell me the real stuff so I'm not going to work with them I'm going to work right. with this other person who, who's going to give it away because it was given to them mm-hmm. and and whether it was through a school or through a professional mentorship right. or a professional environment. Um, so I've been lucky in that regard. Yeah. Um, not lucky. No. I think I was smart enough or realized mm-hmm. that the experience mm-hmm. that maybe the closed doors <laughs> in my face. Yeah. To go to another door that may have been open or right. go looking for a window. <laughs> yeah. As my, opposed to being like, oh, these doors are closed. There's no access. Period. Yeah. No. So my uncle has a saying, whenever a door closes, you go looking for a window. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going through the window or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. That's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Because um, I'm going to share a story. I, 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 uh, I auditioned. I uh, went to PCC and I thought, I want to go to CalArts. 
Yeah. I'm auditioning for the guitar program. They, you just go there and you audition, and it's, you know, I put in my time. I'm gonna make it. Mm-hmm. So I go, and it's an open audition. Everybody's just a jam session. <laughs> It's right. That word again. <laughs> That's where my hatred of jam session was born. <laughs> and I say, okay, everybody jam together. It's cool. We just want to see where everybody's at and blah, blah, blah. And then we'll, yeah. you know, let you know later. And like, it was all kind of hippy dippy CalArts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, I go there and um, I hear a side conversation with the guitar teacher talking to another young guitar player from a certain school. Mm-hmm. And they already knew he wanted him mm-hmm. in their program. Yeah. So like, what am I doing there? Yeah. Trying my hardest. Right. To be like, what, like, they already knew they wanted this kid. Yeah. His teacher had already talked to that teacher, and this is the guy who's going to your school. Mm-hmm. There was no open mm-hmm. audition. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that didn't exist. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I eventually went to uh, UCLA, and uh, it was a much better experience. Yeah. And uh, um, I met great people there. And um, But even when I went to... Uh, uh, I went after that uh, years later I went to Musicians Institute which is mm-hmm. like a trade school for music also yeah but you get a certificate there in audio engineering and I worked with a lot of great uh, sound engineers and they were they were tough on me mm-hmm. they were tough on everybody there there was yeah. actually the opposite of the way I teach teachers uh, the way I work with students here yeah they let us know that we didn't know anything <laughs> that we were crap oh that we don't know how to do anything and that we should probably just quit now and um, if you stick it out, you'll be lucky to have a career in music. Oh my gosh! If you if even if you do everything our way, I said okay. I got mad, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I realized you know what? This is a teaching method. Sure. This is the roast you until you. Yeah. You. I don't know what do you call that teaching method. Tough love. Tough something. love. I hate, don't know. Tough hate. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> roast you. Yeah. But like you know the. But yeah. diamonds are not made by just like a regular rock is not a diamond. Right. Diamonds are made with pressure. pressure. So yeah. it's like you got to yeah. pressure cook you mm-hmm. till you can't take any more mm-hmm. and then crack you open and see what's inside, yeah. I guess. But is that the only way, though? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the only way I found. But no, but, you know, I'm not like that because sure. I realize sometimes I am with certain kind of students and a certain situation. Sure. I'll let them know like, hey this thing that went down this is not cool right and if you don't if you do it this way again mm-hmm. you're out oh yeah <laughs> and yeah. Or, you know or so but generally I just try to like be a smooth kind of mm. kind of trying to keep the ship smooth and easy sailing and have everybody right. you know try to have fun with what we're doing as yeah. well um, and also I think because I've been through such a hard Road. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's been difficult. Honestly, I think it's been difficult. Um, I've survived a lot of things. I've survived a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I survived a lot of situations. I've tried really hard to do one thing. It didn't work out. I tried really hard to do nothing. That yeah. still didn't work out. And, you know, so I don't want to freaking, I don't want to create that for somebody else. Right. You know, I want to create a world that's like kinder for yeah. people. And well, it's hard because it I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very tempered, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> so, but I so I try not to be that, and that's a very yeah. conscious decision that I make every day, actually. Yeah. And I think it resonates with our students because um, mm-hmm. our students, um, God, I love them. You know, yeah. I didn't really expect to be here this long, but they are the the best sort of 
student body that I could hope for because I know people who work at UCLA, mm -hmm. I know people who work at USC, mm -hmm. and their students are not like our students. Yeah. I don't want to say anything bad sure. <laughs> about that right. kind of school or anything like right. that, but it's just a different, they came up in a different way. Yeah. And, um, and it's not to say that there aren't students like our students at those institutions. 100%. But the majority of our student body, you know, are are not coming from the same necessarily sort of backgrounds as some of the, like, more presenting student body right. of those other institutions. Well, let's not mince words. The, the, even the higher administration. They're more privileged at those institutions, yeah. period. Our students, they say, are, are, are from underprivileged backgrounds. They're underrepresented, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And that's not a lie. Right. Um, I think that um, it's been one of the unexpected, um, unexpectedly gratifying uh, aspects of working here. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I had I've had students go on to do interesting things and have interesting careers, and they still write me mm. on the Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever, and yeah. keep in touch, and it's it's been nice. So yeah. And that goes to the other kind of talent that you mentioned, like the person talent, the, the self-awareness, the, the talent to know like what one has to offer either as like their their personality or their energy or right. their, you know, like because the, the ability to give of oneself, one's energy and one time, right. one's time, one's um, intellect, one's thoughtfulness, one's grace right. to somebody else. I mean, it, it takes a lot. Right. And we don't always get it back. Right. Yeah. Um, but like it comes back sometimes in like the, the gratitude or the like yeah. the, the recognition later on. of yeah. Just like, hey, how are you? Thank you so much for everything you did. Yeah. Or like someone five years later being like, dude, how is it going? Right. right. Holding on to the knowledge that every single person, especially our students, so many of them walk through the, the doors and they've like already in their day, they've gone through a bunch of shit. Yeah. Right? Certainly in their lives, how yeah. even if the even the young ones who are coming in at like right out of high school, but we have a number of students here who, right. uh, you know, went away from school for a number of years or right. are transferring from community colleges, yeah. and it's like they've got jobs, they've got families, mm -hmm. they're they're helping parents, they're doing all kinds of things, right. you know, and even if they're not, even you know, if they're living on their own, but they're trying to make it on their own, freaking in this <clears throat> city that devours people, right? Yeah. It's like to to be a person who recognizes the need for some grace, right? Yeah. And for those moments of like, okay, I'm going to be real with you and be tough with you right now right. in this moment because if you don't know right. from me who will give you the grace, right. if you don't know that you can't do that, right. then you're going to learn it from someone who will never give you the grace. Right. And that's going to hurt. So I want you to learn it now this way right. from me. Right. And then... We're going to continue to have the grace in the rest of the time. But right now, hmm, yes. Right, right. Instead of the whole time, it's just hitting the brick wall, hitting the brick wall, hit, having the pressure, having the pressure. Because I yes. think that diamonds, human diamonds can be formed maybe without just the pressure. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. And that's what I've learned, too. I've yeah. learned that from uh, largely from working here. Yeah. This is like a kinder approach. Yeah. That uh, is very valid. So, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And not everyone even not everyone does gives that, you know, like even here, like there's a I've what I love is that so many of the people that I see um, and talk to on a daily basis, I, I see that love. And is it consistent? Are they that way 100 percent of the time? I don't know. I don't see them 100 percent of the time. Yeah, I think probably because it, it does become a habit. 
Sure. Like I'm not gonna go home and like, like kick my dog or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> I kick thing. you. Oh my gosh. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, it becomes a habit. Yeah, and hopefully they take it with them, right? Yeah. Like, that's always, like, if I model to you, if I'm if I'm in the classroom with you or I'm in, uh, in on the phone with you, if I'm modeling to you what yeah. I hope to see right. in the world, then hopefully you'll actually take that and model it to others, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, I yeah, I mean, I really value professionalism and um, that aspect of, you know, bringing all you know and all mm-hmm. you have learned, bringing all that to bear because um, it serves you, it serves everybody. And um, I think that's a notion too that I've learned um, over the last, I don't know, 15 years is the notion of service, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, we have, everybody has a job. You know, sure. Some people definitely come to work and say, this is just my job, mm-hmm. F everybody, I just wanna get my paycheck and go home. Yeah. That's all, that's, I get, okay, whatever. But I think there is a notion of being of service, especially if we work, realize Okay, I'm working in uh, higher education. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you know my job is X, it's still I can still be of service and do more than what is the minimum. And having that mm-hmm. extra, extra you know thing that you put on your work and mm-hmm. contribution that you, you can make to your right. the, the people you work with and the students really. So yeah, and what, you know if, we, if I'm watching a jazz musician on stage and they. <laughs> I love watching like jazz combos, little jazz combos. Yeah. Because especially like um, I saw Makai McRaven was playing recently mm. uh, a few months ago, and mm. and watching him and his musician and the musicians playing with him, right? Like that love, right? Yeah. In that moment when now it's you're soloing, yeah, and we're all supporting you, right? And we're loving watching you love what you're doing, right? And then like have the whole wave and the journey of that little that little love song to this moment right. and then like okay being able to kind of know like when is it okay when is it coming back and we're all going to come back together right. or maybe we're just going to come back together for a minute because now that person clearly had a spark and we watched <laughs> that the love is is, is, right. is over there now and we got to right. we got to follow it right yeah. uh-huh. and like that sort of thing that we see so visibly in performance or right. or or um or in painting or whatever like yeah that exists on an everyday human level in 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 everything. I think can. Yeah, you gotta have the awareness to you know to to see it and to participate in it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, to love what you do, even when maybe it's not like being on stage in front of a million people. Right. Like in this moment, I'm on. You know, <laughs> somebody called with a question that like they could if they had taken the time to type into Google these four words, they could have answered it for themselves, but they wanted to call and that's fine. And yeah. maybe they wanted to call because they don't like looking things up because they get more information on a phone call. And I have to understand and appreciate that because it's my job to answer the phone and answer right. the questions if they have them. <laughs> and if I'm answering the phone like, hello, nah, nah, right. like nah. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck up their day probably. And that's, yeah. I don't have to do that. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no. But, like, I feel like service is, like, that being of service, if it's only, if, if people are only linking that to work or to transactions, uh-huh. you know, it's like, no, man, like, we're all in service to each other all the time, yeah. whether we like it or not. Right. Yeah. So, like, to find joy in it, right. to appreciate it, right. 
to share it yeah why yeah. the fuck not <laughs> yeah, why not yeah it makes you feel good i think um to not gatekeep like that person who's like i'm only going to be of service to this person right here because they have this money or they have this title yeah yeah I think a lot of that gatekeeping is going away because the language now is calling it out. Mm -hmm. I think it is going away, but it was more prevalent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Years ago. And, um, but it is going away because, um, just, I think society is evolving slowly. And from what I see, things are changing, but we have to be mindful of, yeah, service, um, being available to others and giving mm -hmm. everything you know to that person. Because also, it's like, it sounds corny, but like, yeah, you never know. It's like this student who you inspired, right. they might give you your next opportunity. It's you true. never know. It's true. You never know. And um, I think that idea is what's missing from a lot of the people who are just functionary at their job and say, sure. I just do this. Yeah. They don't, they'll never, yeah, they'll never understand that. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> We're all over the place. It's a good conversation. But that's what, I mean, talent is like, you think, like, language is so yeah amorphous and it changes all the time. And different people give different words, different meanings yeah. for themselves, for others. And it's like, that's why this this question and this can go anywhere in all sorts of places. Yeah. Who's uh, answering and asking. Yeah. No, I mean... Um, it's funny you say that because we did talk about my job and working here, but I think what's what's affected me also more is is bringing um, my artistic temperament, my musical temperament, to my work. Mm -hmm. And um, I think having that, uh, I, I I say now that um, I'm not a professional musician because a professional indicates that you make money from it. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah. I've studied music for years and years and years. Yeah. But. I'm an amateur mm. because no I mean <laughs> you're, you're self-describing you say what you say not because of my skill level because sure. I do it for love oh okay right so yeah. I do I do the work for because I love music mm. and I can't stop loving it and um, it's uh, it's it's always been a part of my life yeah and um, Maybe I'll get back to it as a career sure. after I'm done here, and that's fine too. Yeah. But um, I've learned so much from that, you know, communication that you mentioned in jazz, mm -hmm. for sure. And just be able to improvise, and when a situation doesn't go right, you go left. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay too, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, but like I said, it's like talent, I would argue with that. It's like, yeah, it's, it's I understand what you're trying to say, but still, it's always just the beginning. It's always mm -hmm. just the inception because I could ignore my talent. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And then it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But it has to be developed and worked at and yeah. recognized and nurtured okay. and fostered and studied mm -hmm. and given uh, the time to and given the homage of like previous right. traditions. Because I've also encountered people who's like, I'm talented. I'm going to do everything my own way. And my voice is the most important voice sure. in the world. And I'm talented. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Okay. And if you're unfortunate enough to work with somebody like that, because mm -hmm. you're throwing that situation, good luck. Yep. Because this person's got like a tremendous ego mm -hmm. and um, it's their way or the highway. Mm -hmm. And if I were you, I'd choose the highway. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. there are very few people you can, you know, latching onto something like that is not going to serve you. You'll just be one of their... Groupies. 
groupies, sycophants, yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's not a pathway to take. And certainly I've encountered people in music who have all this going on and mm-hmm. like you need to do stuff for them and music business is hard. Like yeah. you're either paying somebody to do what you want to do or them getting something out of you for free. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a very like vampiric, very yes. like parasitic, parasitic environment. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I don't like to do it. The people I see who are successful in music certainly can be that way, but also there's another way to do it mm-hmm. in that they create an environment of family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They cook with each other. Mm-hmm. They literally create a family where they marry or they have a kid together and they yeah. stay together and they do this thing. It's yeah. literally family. Or they realize like, hey, we're a bunch of different dudes. Mm-hmm. We all have our different home life but in this project yes we are married yeah and for better for worse we're gonna stick it out and sometimes it's worse sometimes it's better <laughs> but they make a career out of it yeah i forget what i was saying going with that where were that there's going? two different that the like the that there's the people who are all them based and me me me, me yeah. and ego oh. and like working with them mm, yeah. but like the people who are and sometimes they can find success but then there's oh, another yeah, yeah. kind of success they create family through their through their music projects yeah. and um, that's what I've seen I've mm-hmm. seen that and even I've heard things like for example Prince he used to invite mm-hmm. people over and make them pancakes yeah cook for people yes. because food brings people together it does so we can all say oh I want to do this project and you're yeah. in this room working on this thing it's like okay well you're negotiating this this idea and your project and working on this thing and do it my way no do it my way and if we yeah. do it my way we'll get this and this and this and this and this and this idea building but it's just only a self-serving kind of right uh creative endeavor right we have to remember that we can't force our will on people to do right. a certain idea and make a certain project happen it has to become organic and mm-hmm. the ones that i've seen who have done it successfully create a life outside of that yeah and have a personality <laughs> and have you know, engagement on other levels. Yeah. Because um, those things are important. They are important, and it's the it's the way that like life is structured. And I, when I say that, I mean like literally, like like the way that our universe is structured. Nothing is singular, right? Like right. all atoms create. You know, the atoms create molecules, and the molecules create matter, and the matter creates the the object or the being. Like I, it, it, I I'm not just a single celled organism. Right. Right. Uh huh. I guess a single cell organism is like even a single cell organism is made out of like <laughs> you know? different things. Um, yeah. Different things. And and so like when I, I feel like my observation of life thus far on Earth in this iteration, like the things that I see that work the best that are the most successful and whether that success is monetary success or it's just a successful project and a successful collaboration. Yeah is when people are working together in that way that's more symbiosis and not a parasite kind of thing. Right? Yes. Where people, like, I have this to bring to the table and I have this to bring to the table. And we, you know, like, even when there's conflict, we see that the conflict is is going to re- come to a place of resolution. Right. And the, we grow from the conflict, right? Yeah. Because huh? there's always change. Conflict sure. is part of change. And, like, when, when people are coming together and working in this sort of more horizontal space where there's not these hierarchies being built and like I'm the, the number one I'm the leader da, da, yeah da. I'm the director right the thing, yeah. and then it's just like stuff works yes it does um, <laughs> that doesn't always make a ton of money maybe no uh, yeah but it does too 
Yeah. yeah. It can provide a living, maybe. Um, yeah, the other thing I've seen is like when people work on their craft, especially music, so intensely, like mm-hmm. you spend hours in the practice room by yourself right. working on this thing. It's like because there's a level of expectation and it may be useful at a certain time, but I really do encourage to develop your talent, mm-hmm. that not only your craft, which is maybe yeah. me- I'm talking about music in one regard. You have to have other experiences. Yes. And without those other experiences, your art is uninteresting right. to me as right. as a spectator or what participant, mm-hmm. a uh, what uh, an audience maybe, audience, yeah, uh, processor auditorily, yeah. a receiver, a receiver. Yeah. Um, if I'm if I'm making something and yeah. I'm I'm only, you know, I'm not going out and experiencing other yeah. things or other people yeah. or other cultures or other right. um, influences or right. all the people that came before me right. who've done this thing, then I'm coming at it with a like. Yes, you want to. I want to bring my point of view, right. but I'm going to bring such a narrow point of view. Yeah, and that's something that's an interesting. And uh, if you, like I said, I'm fortunate enough to work with someone like that who who's very single-minded. Mm-hmm. They may have a good intention, maybe, but ultimately things don't work because yeah, you got to have other interactions. And nowadays, I'm more like my interactions, like okay, I enjoy a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. I like hanging out with my wife. I like going mm-hmm. on walks. Mm-hmm. I like playing with my dog. Yeah, I really love skateboarding. Yes. You know, but um, these are all like good, wholesome activities that <laughs> yes. I enjoy. I like good food, you know. Yes. I like, I appreciate really, you know, a good meal yeah. or a barbecue or something like that. It's like, but um, in my younger, wilder days, um, these are experiences um, I wouldn't recommend, but maybe they are valid too. Um, sure. Uh, somebody asked me one time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yeah. this. Somebody asked me, um, you know, they asked me, oh, how do you write good lyrics? I was like, <laughs> like oh, man. It's like, oh, are, are my, my rhymes predictable? I'm like, how do you write good lyrics or whatever? Yeah. And I, was like, I, I wrote it down. I said, well, you got to go live, make mistakes, suffer, fall in love, break up, get arrested, question mark, <laughs> drink too much, get sober, stay out all night, watch the sunrise, walk in the rain. Read books, smoke cigarettes, quit cigarettes, travel, spend money, go broke, get a menial job, listen to Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, argue with hippies, whatever you do, don't do harm. Mm. Don't harm anyone. Live an interesting life. Then maybe your art or music will also be interesting. What is the idea you want to contribute to the world? Mm. Tell us why we should care. Be passionate. Be passionate. Defend your creativity. Defend your creativity. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's it. No, I'm not recording any more podcasts. You just, you got it all. <laughs> really? No, no, that's really good. Well, can I give my links or whatever for... Yeah, you have to send that to me. Send it to you. I'm going to put that on the website. You're I think that you just read me. Oh, that? Hell yeah. Can I? Uh, I mean... Uh, yeah. Put that on the web, like on on the website for your thing, and be like, "Here's the, here's the excerpt of what Rico has said." Can <laughs> I get another take at it? Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take two, folks. Take two. And um, yeah, I, wrapping these up is the best part, and we're done. <laughs> Thanks, thanks, and ever thanks to Rico Garcia for being today's guest on Defining Talent, a podcast. 
Please visit DefiningTalentPod.com to find out more information about Rico and each episode's guest. New episodes are released every other Friday, so episode 5 will drop on Friday, July 14th. The guest for that episode is Dr. Emily Moss, and I am so looking forward to sharing her episode with you. Again, I'm Laura Dickinson-Turner, and this has been Defining Talent, a podcast. Thank you so very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.